I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two best friends, Damla and Elliot. Hello. He is awake. Open door 14. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Scared. Absolutely fucking shitting myself. But do you know what? It's not because I'm scared. It's because what a two-parter, dude. It's because we're, we're back. Finally discussing actual episodes of a show. I've had to put off the recording for so long to make sure that the quality is there, and my word, today we are delivering you quality. Well, I hope we are. Before we do that, though, first of all, we've got some lovely emails to read out. Don't we? Oh, yes. It's email time. Join me in email corner. Yes. We'll say, though, we just want to give a quick little preface, preface, my God, will I ever decide on which one to say? First of all, we just want to say we love and appreciate every single one of you. You know this. We just wanted to give a little, not disclaimer, but like just a quick thing. So putting out a podcast does take more work than you'd think. Definitely more than I thought it would when we first started. And that's not me complaining because I wouldn't change it for the world. I love this podcast so much. It's the thing I was most proud of in 2022. Um, It's something I'm still the most proud of that I've probably ever done. I love it so much. Um... But it is a lot of work. And that does mean that we both can't take time in certain things that we'd like to. That being responding to messages. Now, not just emails, um, also social media. So we're both very overly aware, I feel like, aren't we? We're both very like, (laughs) we're too good at reading the room. We are too overly sensitive to people's feelings and we never want anyone to feel that they're being ignored or being underappreciated or being overlooked. If on Instagram, also nothing's happened by the way, this to prompt this, we just wanted to let people know. If you message us on Instagram, DM us on Instagram, email us in the email, which is in the show notes, you know, message us on Twitter, whatever it may be, and we can't fully give a full-on response, it's because we genuinely just sometimes don't have time and we can't always respond to every message that we get. Um, and again, that doesn't mean we don't think of you. We, we don't think of you and we don't love and appreciate the fact you've taken time to email us, which is insane, incredible, you know. Sometimes if we just give you a little heart on Instagram or we can't give as much of a full-on response... That isn't us being dickheads, I promise. It's just that we have a lot. Work, life, podcast, it's a lot. And, but, you know, in saying that, 
with email specifically every email like we said we will get read at some point one million percent like even if it's going to take ages for us to get to it it will be read out at some point we're even thinking about doing a dedicated emails episode just a fun little thing whenever that may be um but just know that if we don't respond to your email it doesn't mean it's being ignored and that we don't care it means that it will be read out at some point it just we can't always respond does that make sense and i do always every single email that comes through it it gets screenshot as soon as i read it and it gets sent to Dama so that she can also read it in real time Uh, yes we do discuss it and talk about how lovely it is and you know we could you know easily just like have a uh, a written out template or something to say copy and paste it and send it to you but we don't think that that's appropriate and we don't think that anyone is worth that kind of response we always want to give people a full-on thought-out response and if we can't do that we just rather not do it at all does that make sense um you all deserve no we're not going to do an out of office exactly like do you know what i mean like it's it's just not we're not those people we would rather respond meaningfully or not at all so just know again we love and appreciate every single one of you it's just we can't always be there 100 percent of the time to respond to everything but we appreciate you very much but as we say this is now email corner it's email time and we are going to take our time yes and read through your lovely words yes so this one here is from aaron hi aaron and it goes hello aaron (laughs) (laughs) it goes as follows hello i just wanted to email to say how much i absolutely adore your podcast i love hearing your opinions and so many that i absolutely agree with completely i never emailed a podcast before so i apologize in advance it's fine don't worry about it it's fine this is random, as I know you're on series two, but did you both ever remember seeing the, the teaser trailer for Doctor Who as a kid? I remember seeing a Dalek appear in someone's back garden. It doesn't really have any context other than just appearing. I also can't find evidence of it anywhere existing, and now I think I imagined it. I've got to say, I've, I've never seen it, Aaron, so maybe you are just imagining it. You may have, um, yeah, because I can't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but also my memory's not very good, so there we are. <laughs> and... What ex-companion or characters would you like to see if they were to bring back Torchwood or something similar? Uh, personally, Aaron would like to see Luke from Sarah Jane Adventures. Solid. Um, Daniel, do you have any sort of ex-companions you'd want to bring back? Um, I think for me, it would be... I like Rani a lot from Sarah Jane Adventures. I think Rani is very mature, classy, sophisticated and a bad bitch. So I feel like she would be great in that i mean i'd love to see martha in it again i think martha should have probably stayed on in torture that would have been cool um but yeah that's mine what about you oh jamie mccrimmon give me yeah. give me jamie fraser hines in the kilt bad scottish accent that's all i need who's done it <laughs> so and aaron uh, wraps up just by saying thank you for creating a lovely queer doctor Whoey space love to both of you guys keep up the great work currently on new earth and look forward to listening to the rest of your episodes well, you aren't that far behind because of our weird gaps. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> All the best. Thank you. Thank you so much, Aaron. That was a lovely email. You're stunning. Stunning. Well, this is a wonderful email from EJ. And as follows, they say... And there's no way I'm going to be able to say this without laughing because it's one of the best introductions to email I've ever had. Uh, <laughs> watcher, d and 
No, not enough people say watcher. Watcher. I have to say, your podcast has reignited my inner nine-year-old self when my dad told me about a new show that was coming back on TV that my granddad and uncle watched of the first ever episode in 1963. Blimey. Blimey. I've been binge listening to you guys for the past week at work, and it's made my days fly by working as a housekeeper. You can imagine how repetitive it can be. It feels like hanging out with two besties talking about my comfort show and constantly getting shook by Elliot's facts about certain episodes that I never knew about. The Dalek artwork about Wolf and Martha's mum being a cat nun in New Earth. No, but literally same. Interesting that both Martha and her mum were featured a season before they became prominent characters in the show. It is. It's weird, right? So weird. Anyway, sorry this is a long email. It's it's not. Don't you worry. Uh, I just wanted to share my love with my new favourite podcast, currently listening to Tooth and Claw, and I agree the flirtometer is reaching new heights. Keep up the amazing work. I leave you air from my lungs and the photo of snowy Canada, which every day makes me think I'm living in the Ood sphere, minus the red feral Ood eyes. Oh my well, god. Well, the photo was bloody lovely. I know we got in contact. So wholesome. It. it was so stunning. Such a lovely view. And... There was no better time to read this out than when talking about Ood in this episode. Honestly, what a wholesome fucking email and what a wholesome experience. Like, oh, I love getting little photos like that. That's adorable. Thank you, EJ. That's Ood. That's Ood, EJ. Ood. <laughs> and this is from, I'm tempted to say friend of the show. Yes. Uh, May. And as follows, she says, Hi, Dabler and Elliot. I'm May. She, her. At Come Along May on all platforms. I I can't tell if Listen May. I just <laughs> I want to say this now. You are always noticed and appreciated. You are a wonderful wonderful dare I say fan of the show. Uh, I hate saying that, but like I don't know what other word to use. <laughs> you are a wonderful you are the perfect example of someone who interacts with a show like in the most wonderful way. You you are appreciated. That's all I want to say. Continue. I just I'm enjoying because I can't tell if she's doing that. So we go, oh, of course it's May from Come Along, May, or if uh, she's using me to plug her social medias. Either way, good move. Um, good move. <laughs> uh, I found your podcast through TikTok, and I'm so glad I did. I've been listening nonstop to catch up with you guys. You guys are my favourite podcast. It's so fun and welcoming to listen to, and genuinely feels like a fun catch up with friends, which is even better as I don't know many people who watch Doctor Who. So I always look forward to hearing you guys uh, what you have to say. Even when I have to disagree. Sorry, guys, Moffat is my favourite showrunner. That's fine. We're all allowed a wrong opinion. Speaking of, <laughs> I'm extremely excited for you guys to get to A Good Man Goes to War. It's my favourite episode and my Father's Day. Incredibly insulted that you didn't sort of use one of my episodes as a reference, but it's fine, whatever. Uh, I'm always excited to listen to your pod, and I want to thank you guys for all the hard work you put into it. Keep up the brilliant work, guys. Thank you for creating an amazing podcast. That's always such a joy to listen to. I'm excited to see what's to come. And we'll be religiously listening every week. Lots of love. Thanks and appreciation. May. Sunflower emoji. May, you're wonderful. You are wonderful. I love your edits. Love you. You are such a ray of sunshine. Honest to God. You are you are noticed and appreciated, let me tell you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So... Before we get into the impossible planet, we're going to go to Satellite 5 for the first time in a while. Oh, yeah. Satellite 5. We are the news. So, not going to, you know, stay on this too much, because I, I, I personally posted a TikTok on our page going through it, didn't I? A really chaotic mm. evening post <laughs> where I look awful, but... um. Basically, they revealed Shooty's costume. And Ruby Sundays. 
and Ruby Sundays. But obviously, hers will change every episode, probably. Um, I mean, this got some. This this caused some. This caused some conversation. I mean, it always does, but my god, I I like it. I like. I prefer low key, not over designed things, and I think it suits Shuji's personality. Like it looks like something he would wear. Fun fact. I uh, may or may not have gone to H&M and bought the exact jumper that he's wearing. <laughs> it's really chaotic because it's like, oh, first of all, I, I like it, by the way. I really like it. Um, it's very up my street. I love tailoring anyway. Um, his suit itself costs about £400. Like, it's very, very expensive. But the jumper he's wearing, the cropped orange jumper underneath, is from H&M and it was £15. Like, we love duality. you got to give a little something. Exactly, and I went and rushed out and bought the orange jumper straight away. Um, and it's very soft and very nice. I don't like H&M and their ethics are terrible, but I had to do what I had to do. I then also, funnily enough, documented this on Instagram. Like we've said before, follow us on the ground, guys. You know what I mean? Um, I went on, as soon as uh, Ruby's outfit was announced, I went on Depop and Vinted and I found it for £3.00 in my size, bought it, was well chuffed, got it in the mail. Now, I'm five foot nine, okay? I'm tall. I'm a tall bitch. This was a cropped jumper. And when I say it was cropped... Girl. But yeah, her jumper does not fit me whatsoever. Like, it's so beyond cropped. Like, on the arms, it's great. On the neck, it's great. It's so short in the body. And um, Millie Gibson looks like quite a short, petite person. And I am not that. So, you know, every size would just not work for me. So I'm going to sell it. If anyone's interested, let me know. <laughs> um, but, but the H&M jumper fits just fine. So that's all good. Um, that's good. But yeah. I'm a big fan. I don't think there's any point in overanalyzing it too much because I always find seeing the costume and then the actor in it, acting in it, in scenes, doing things is a completely different experience. Like mm. I remember when I first saw Matt's costume, I was like, what the fuck? What is that? Like yeah. tweed jacket, bow tie. He looks like a professor. And obviously that's usually a good thing, but like, I don't know. It just looked bad. It didn't look good to me. And now I can't imagine him wearing anything else. I love it so much. So like in action, it's different in my opinion. Yeah. Except for 13. Anyway. I, I don't mind it, but it's not my favorite either. It's way too anyway. designed. Sorry, Ray Holman. We love you. Yeah. Sorry. Love you, Ray. Ray, Ray. Ray, Ray. Anyway. Um, but yeah, no, so that's that. Also, a massive fan of Millie Gibson's bob. She really suits her bob. Iconic. Yeah, she, just looks, she looks great. She looks so great. We love her. We love them both. I'm very excited. But yeah, so that's our thoughts on the costume. Let us know what you think. Um, but anyway, it's time. Impossible. Planet. Planet. <laughs> Planet. Oh, dear. So today we are talking about Series 2, Episode 10, uh, 
that does include the Christmas invasion of <laughs> Revival Doctor Who. It isn't called The Impossible Planet. It was broadcast on the 10th of June 2006. It was directed by James Strong and written by Matt Jones. Fun fact for you right out of the gate. This and the next episode, the only episodes Matt Jones ever written for the show. I always thought Russell wrote these episodes. Oh my God. Maybe it's a pseudonym. No, Matt Jones is a, very, is a very real person. But this is the only contribution he's ever had to Doctor Who. For shame. Uh, Matt, where are you, babe? Because this was great. Come back. Come back, please. <laughs> J- James's other episodes, yeah, they're okay. But Matt, come on. Come on, Matt. Come on, come on Matt. <laughs> come anyway. along, Matt. Anyway. Um... <laughs> no, I'm just going <laughs> to get it out out there, up front, right away, right in front of your eyes. Um, this is my favourite story. Yeah. Do I want to say from the revival? Yes, okay, fine, I'll add that caveat on. Now, we've already covered one of my favourite stories, and now we're on to the second one, but this is my favourite. Well, then that leaves me with a question, Elliot. Mm. I know what this episode's about. Mm. I know what Google thinks it's about. And I know what IMDB thinks it's about. I know what Zachary Cross Flame thinks it's about. <laughs> I know what Scooty thinks it's about. I know what Mr. Jefferson thinks it's about. I know what Danny thinks it's about. I know what Toby thinks it's about. Am um, I forgetting anyone? I don't remember. Ida. 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 Show Ida. some bloody respect to Ida, people. Come on. Anyway, I want to know what you think it's about, basically. Oh, this, yeah, this, this whole episode is about how if you waste your life looking at pottery instead of sleeping with people, you're going to get possessed. Sorry. Fair. <laughs> no, okay, pursue, pursue your passions. Don't feel pressured into doing anything, but just know you might get possessed. That's fair enough. <laughs> what, what do you think this episode's about? I think it's sometimes that curiosity kills the cat. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm a curious girl at the best of times, but sometimes just don't investigate that thing if it's going to lead to trouble. <laughs> like, come on, just leave it alone. Leave it be. Leave it be. Oh, but that's why, though, human beings, you are, are amazing. amazing. Are we, though? It's a great horror trope, though. I love that. It's, it is. I always love it. It'll be like, oh, look, I've dug up a box that's made of human skin in my back garden. I should probably open it. I mean, babe, <laughs> you love a, ba- a horror base under siege. I do. I actually, I'm not going to call this person out because they generally they're 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 okay. But I did see a tweet the other day that called this a story that's good but is limited by the base under siege format. You shut your mouth. The base under siege is <laughs> iconic. I mean, it I so is. Base under siege is my niche because I would say Bad Wolf Party of the Ways is pretty much a base under siege. This is base under siege. Yeah. Um, one of my other favorite episodes that is a bit like this one because it takes place on a space station with possessed people. Maybe firing water. What? That's also a base under siege. So yes. yeah, I I'm, I'm a base under siege girly. I am as well. To be fair, I'm I'm a fan. Um, I'm a big big fan. I mean, Jesus Christ. And that's why I know that you'll love Patrick Trout because Patrick Trout. Every single story is based under siege. I'm ex- I'm so excited. It's going to be great. So sorry, hyperbole. Not every story is based under siege. Sorry, but just you know, yeah. Don't attack me. Don't attack Elliot. <laughs> God's sake, I'll fight you. I'll fucking throw hands. Don't attack Ellie. I'll throw my hands. Throw your marker pen laden hands. Yes. I have a really important question right up top. Before we get into anything, before we get into anything that's in this episode, 
It's a really important question, and I want to get it. I want to get it out there and just in the atmosphere. Um, who is your favorite person on the base? Oh. Because here's the thing. Here's the gag. It's not even a gag, but I say here's the gag because that's my thing. I have never felt in Doctor Who in general. I have never felt such an attachment to background characters. They're not background characters, but you know what I mean, like side characters. Like you feel for every single one of them, except the two people that got killed because they literally appeared out of nowhere. And I was like, "Oh, who are you?" Yeah, the security people that just get murdered. Yeah, They're the red shirts of this story. Yeah, exactly. But Elliot, who is your favorite, and explain why? Because this is—I feel like this is the backbone. This episode, these two episodes would not be what they are without these people. They are my favourite element of the episode. Okay. Um, I always want to... Can I rank them? Um. Yeah, you can, if you want to rank them, yeah. Okay. Let's rank them. Right. Do you know what? Okay. We're going to rank them. Okay. So, bottom tier, um, Toby, just because when he's not possessed, he's a bit annoying. He's a pick-me. I actually have that as a note. Yeah. That, uh, uh, I think Danny and Toby are pick-me's, but whatever. Then, then Danny... Because he just starts yeah. to get on my nerves, like not not in a not in a way where I don't like the character, but like you know he he would he would grate on me IRL. Yes. Um. Then Zachary Crossplane, he's good. He just doesn't believe in himself. He needs to believe in himself more. He's cute. He does. But you know, yes. I could fix him. Um, yes. <laughs> then uh, Scooty Minister. Fair. Adorable. Didn't do anything wrong. R.I.P. She's younger than me. Mm-hmm. Then Miss Jefferson. Yes. My dad. Lovely man. My father. My father. <laughs> My literal father. Um, <laughs> lovely man. Comes good in the end. Stuff we'll all discuss in part two. And then, oh, number one, bestie. Ida Scott all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. Ida. Fancy Ida. Everything. So that's one, two, three, four, five. So that's six people, isn't it? That is all six people, isn't it? Yeah. No, that is. Yeah. I can rank them. Yeah, please. I want to know. I want to know. We'll start from the bottom. Right down there. Danny, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you talk too much, babe. You're actually, you stink. Go shower. And, <laughs> no, I'm joking. We all go, if we're, we, get, we get sweaty and nervous, it's fine. Um, yeah, but no, Danny, just chill out. You're such a pick me. It's really annoying. Uh, then I'd say Toby, because, sure. Uh, <laughs> and then Scooty, because... I would I would put her higher because I fucking fancied her so much when I was like younger because obviously again very very uh, closeted and confused child I was like why am I just staring at her and like obsessed with her and how she looks I just oh wow um and how cool she was but yeah Scooty babe lover mm. this is where it gets controversial Ida after that Ugh. I love Ida but she's not my num- she's not my top two. Milf. Yes, but also anyway. Um and then <laughs> and then it's Zach. Yeah. I love Zach so much. Everyone loves Zach. And then number one is my boy Jefferson. Listen to me. <laughs> Jeff Mr. Jefferson is my best friend. I fucking every time when he when he anyway, we'll get to it in the second part, but Jefferson He's so compelling. He's so interesting. I want to know what happened with his wife. Tell me. Tell me. Uh, yeah. I, I want to know. And he's also the first one we meet as well. Yes. I love because Jefferson so much. Ten and Rose, they land. They have a joke that I'm not quite sure I understand why they're laughing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't understand really what's funny. Yeah, no, I don't know either. Like, it's cute. It's a fun moment, but I don't really get it. Um, we don't get it. Do you know what I mean? We don't get it. And then, what, we see Ood for the first time? We do. But can I say this before we get into that? Mm. When the Doctor doesn't have the TARDIS slash loses it, you know it's going to be a good episode. I mean, straight away, when, when the TARDIS can't translate the writing, it's like, oh, no. Yeah, like when the Doctor doesn't have the backbone of the TARDIS, you know it's going to be fucking good. You just know it. Welcome to hell. It's insane. But yeah, like we see the Ood. I love the Ood. I love the Ood so much. They they need to come back and do more. Stop just being like cameos. They're such a good design. They are such a good design. I mean, look, they're, 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 um, what are they called? They're, um, not tentacles, but you know what I mean? They're, um, I mean, I'd only call them tentacles to be fair. I don't really know. Anyway, they're tentacles. Um, they do look a bit crispy and like they've been fried on a pan a little bit. Mm. Like they look a bit like mint meat, actually. It's actually kind of gross, but I find them really cute and I don't know why. It's the voice. Yeah, it's true. You're not wrong. I think that's it's what like, it is. It's like why even I, there's obviously lots of context as to why the opening of this episode now kind of doesn't work in hindsight, but it's just because you go, oh, look at them. Look at them. I know. They're never going to eat anybody. We must feed. So, continuing on the theme of loving the sporting cast, uh, one of my notes is just the Ida Scott says FYI, and I find that amazing. I love it. FYI, as they said in the olden days. I just think you just get a sense of the community straight away, and you get a sense <laughs> of the group and how they're, they're dynamic immediately. You know that Ida, Jefferson, and Zach run the show. Yeah. You know that Scooty is their number one trainee. You know that they're like, yeah, she's our fave. Danny is just there, no offense. And then Toby is like, just not quite getting it right, is he? I do like, I do like when they're introducing everybody. Like, oh, it's uh, it's Danny, Danny Bartok, uh, head of ethics committee. He just goes, not as boring as it sounds. Like I don't know, it does sound really boring. He's such a pick me. <laughs> I do want to. I want to live on. I would like to live on this base, if not for the whole, you know, devil. I think it'd be fun. It makes you want to get involved in that world, and it's really effective. And um, yeah, icons, all of them. But like right at the start, something I love. I mean, I love when. I mean, the rose and the. Ro- <sighs> What's I call her? The rose. The rose. The tenth Doctor and Rose's banter is always. 10 out of 10. I love the way they just get out and they're like, well, maybe we should just step back inside and go somewhere else. <laughs> and like, that, the laugh that they did. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, when you're with one of your really good friends and you have these inside jokes and no one else is understanding it, but you find it so funny, like you, you're crying with laughter and it's not that funny, but because you both know what it is, it's really funny. It's like that. Yeah. Like I say, it's 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 so it's awkward to watch almost. I think no, it's so great and so funny. And the thing I love about the whole scene where you sort of meet the whole team together, uh, I mean, obviously you get some good comedy bits, like the Doctor being like, "Oh, that wasn't too bad," and then falling over yeah. into more stuff. You know, it's got some good comedy beats, but you do learn the hierarchy really quickly. Um, yes, like you get 
like Toby's just sort of dispatched to go and do something, and he's a bit like, oh, don't really, it's not really my job, and they're like, yeah, whatever. You sort of, Toby's like the perfect person to get possessed in the story because he's so weedy. <laughs> As, I don't want to, like without wishing to sound mean, but you know what I mean. And he's the he's the researcher, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. So I think he's like he's like a researcher and archaeologist, but they just use him to do like menial stuff. Yeah, and I also think in terms of like going back to what you're saying about how he's the perfect person to be possessed, he's also it's like the thing he's so passionate about is the thing that it you know it ends that leads to his demise. You know what I mean? Like what you love can destroy you and like your passions can ultimately you know reminds me of uh, Clive from the episode Rose you know, he finds out that aliens exist by getting shot in the face by a shot window dummy yeah it's brutal but yeah it's it's the way of the world in Doctor Who I guess but yeah the setup for everyone's just so good like you say you sort of learn that Danny's a bit like sort of bits or easy going and he's quite you know he's, he's quite sort of chatty um you've already sort of learned what Mr Jefferson's like you sort of get that Ida is kind of de facto in charge, even though she isn't. She's like taking charge of everything. You sort of learn that Toby's quite downtrodden, like you know, that Scooty's the young one. And uh, a big moment that melts my heart is when, yeah, they're like, oh, Zach's the captain. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm not very good at it. And then Ida just goes, you, you're doing a good job. Well, it's like, yeah. you just, you learn so much straight away in just that one little interaction. But The thing is, it's so, yeah, no, the the vibes are immaculate with that whole group. Um, Something I'm going to say, because I want to kind of lead more into the Toby's possession. Mm-hmm. The Beast's voice, I always found really disturbing and quite scary. Until last night when I was watching this episode with my boyfriend. And he was like, this reminds me of the voice from Scream. Like, do you like scary movies? Hello, Sydney. No, literally, it reminded me of that. And it was like, don't look at me. Don't turn around. Oh, I can touch you. I think the thing is though, I think that's why it's that's why it works because it's creepy. It's creepy when it's just doing the Toby. Oh, it's so scary. But it's also then creepy when it's like loud. Like he he has the okay. So fun fun fact, hot girl fact. Um, dropping yeah. a factoid in here right now that yes. people should know um, is the voice of Beast um, Devil, whatever you want to say is uh, Gabriel Wolfe, who voiced Sutek in the 12th Doctor serial, The Pyramids of Mars. Um, and that's why that voice is just so good. Uh, I think yeah. this is a better performance than his Sutek performance. Kill me. I don't care. Um, but yeah, there's such a range to it. He's able to command power and sound angry, but also is able to just do like normal stuff. It just... Whispering Toby should not be creepy, but it is. Toby. Honestly, there's. I was going to come up a few times in this two-parter, but a lot of this episode contributed to a lot of my fears as a kid. Like, yeah. Uh- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, the, the scene at Toby's desk to this day still haunts me. Like the way it's like, you know, don't turn around. Don't turn around. Don't look at me. 
yeah, it's so haunting. And literally, like, I had it when I was, obviously not as much now, but like when I was younger, I'd be working at my desk in the middle of the night and I would be like, oh, if there's something behind me, oh God, you know? If you look at me, you will die. I'm reaching. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, that's that scene is, I, I love, like, the the beast talking to him is creepy. The stripping off of the latex gloves, there being nothing on the back of his hands, then there being writing on his yeah, palms yeah. is also creepy. Um, but I love that whole scene works because of the, you don't see his face when he's reaching for, like, the little mirror on the desk and you only see it in the reflection and you get his sort of, like, reaction to it. It's great. Like, there's something about those red contact lenses as well that are, like, so clearly contact lenses, but they're so red. They're so piercingly bright red. Yeah, that it makes them scary, I think. We'll get into this more in the next episode. I have a very big question for you in the next episode. Okay. But how do you think the Beast has possessed Toby? Because obviously they have loads of things from the planet's surface and, you know, they're translating the language. But obviously it happens once they finish drilling, right? So it's like... Um, Yeah, I think it is... I think it is almost as literal as, like... Like, the, the Beast's essence, its mind, is, like, there because they bought it into the base with the fragments on the pottery and things like that. Yes. And the writing on the wall. I think they bought it into the base. I think it's just a matter of waiting and finding the perfect person and just knowing that Toby is yeah. the right mark yeah, yeah, yeah. to go after. Um, but yeah, I think it's already been bought into the base, I think, and it's, you know, when you're dealing with something like the devil, I guess there's no real logic needed for it, is there? Yeah, exactly. Um, so the whole kind of essence of the beast doesn't really come into play as much until the next part. You get the idea of it. You get the build up. It's all about the build up. So I think. Um, I think this is why. This is the slightly stronger episode. Okay. I think it depends. It's a personal preference thing, but for me, this is a sort of alien versus aliens. It's a Terminator versus Terminator Two thing, where the second half is a lot more horror action and a tendency maybe to just slightly go over the top with what is and isn't scary, which I think this one's so restrained in its horror that it just works slightly yeah, better okay. on the scare side of things. There are some fucking good moments in part two, don't get me wrong, but I think this one in terms of pure scares is just slightly better. Yeah, it's very menacing. It's, I mean, look, I'm going to say this. Another thing that contributed to my fears as a young person was when Scooty dies. Um, Literally, I would say the scariest moment in the whole show. So terrifying. Like, I don't know about you, but I've had dreams about people in the distance turning around, giving me a menacing smile and coming closer to me, and you can't escape. That's the thing. It's the, it's, it's the smile, the very slight smile, um, those eyes, the music. I love the Impossible Planet. <gasps> yes, yes. It's so melancholic. And yeah, and the fact that you can see that she is tempted by it because she's reaching out. Oh, it's just it's also there's something to be said about like uncanniness, right? I think what works so well about that is that you know, Scooty knows, Toby shouldn't be able to stand out there 
that, that is impossible. No one could do that. Yeah. And that makes that terrifying. Yes. And there's no, it doesn't need to say anything either. It's so... For me, the soundtrack is what elevates it to be so bone chilling. Like it makes the it makes my spine just tingly, and I don't like it. It's not even like a scary piece of music, is it? You know, no, it's actually quite a beautiful little bit of music. But it's it's it's. I think it's the the kind of contradiction of the like really beautiful music with this really scary visual. Like it's the way the window kind of opens up, the blinds or whatever you want, the shutters will roll up. Not the blinds, the shutters roll up, and there's just a figure standing there in the distance. And Scooty's just kind of—it's all kind of coming together. And then he turns around, and he's just this smile on his face. Oh, I hate it! I hate it. It's good, don't you know? But like, oh, it makes me scared. <laughs> the thing is, there's there's so many um, like there's so many very clever moments in this. Like one of my favorite, one of my favorite moments, and like I don't want to just like jump around loads. One of my favorite moments in terms of how I think it handles its horror is when they're sat in like the mess hall thing. Uh, it's like Habitation Nine or whatever it is. Yeah. And Rose gets the phone call, and the phone call just says, "He's oh, awake." Yeah. And she throws, as she throws her mobile phone, and then cuts to Toby waking up for the first time. Yeah. Post being possessed, and I just that is terrifying. It's so terrifying. It's just, oh my god, he is awake. The beast will rise from the pit. <laughs> that that <laughs> I think it's it's actually not my favorite quote, but I think that is like one of the creepiest lines. It's just the, you know, yeah, the the beast and his armies will rise from the pit to make war against God. So, sorry, I said, would you like sauce with that? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so creepy. It's great. But yeah, when the technology and everything starts to go, it is always creepy. All the doors go. He is awake. I also think that there's elements of the, the whole kind of story and, you know, what's going on beautifully kind of comes together with the tent, uh, with the doctor and the companion story that's happening. You know, like this is when we're realizing that they, how much they truly mean to each other. And I know that 10th doctor and Rose aunties are rolling their eyes everywhere when they watch it, but you know what? We're not those people. We are, Massive shippers of Ten and Rose. Yeah, they they're gonna settle down and get a mortgage together. No, it's like it's like I need to get a house and what? Yeah, there is something very sweet though that like they don't they don't sit around and mope because they've lost the TARDIS. They're just like right, well, we'll we'll get taken back to whatever planet by these guys and we'll just live together. I think, though, also, this just goes to show how they're low-key in love, because if it was with a friend, if I was with a friend, I'd go, I mean, we'd get a house share, right? And they'd be like, yeah, of course we would, whatever. But the way that Rose can't even uh, get into that, because she's like, oh, God, how do I say it? I don't know. I do know, which is like, yeah, you know we'll get, I mean? get a mortgage, maybe we'll just sort of, you know, get, get the same one. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's so well done. Um, And, like, yeah, it's just them planning their lives together, and, you know, it goes to also show how, I mean, look, the normal person would go, what, well, I can't go back home and see my family and da 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 But she's not as phased because she's on with the doctor. So she's made her decision. And I do, I I do like that. a long time ago and I'm <laughs> never going to leave you. Ah, too soon. I do like that. that she's also, 
she's right in this scene to check her signal, unlike the end of the world. You, you know, at least she gets intergalactic signal at this point, so at least she's going to write to be like, oh, fucking hell, I've got no signal. And I do like that she has no idea what she'd say to Jackie. Like, I could phone her, but what do I say? Like, I'm not coming back because I'm stuck in the future on a base that is under a black hole. I mean, the black hole. So I think some of the some of the CG in this episode is really bad and really cheap because all of the money went to making that black hole effect look really good. Yes, like that shot when they open the roof, that effect is really good, and they combine it with sort of practical lighting on the actors, which just makes it look more believable. Yeah, it kind of makes up for how cheap some of the other stuff looks. But like, I mean, you know when Scooty's um, kind of in, she's been sucked out or whatever, mm. I will never forget the Doctor Who Confidential episode. I don't know if you've seen it, but how they shot that scene. So like, they got her in this professional swimming pool that's used for TV and film and yeah. they like blackened it and stuff and she had to hold her breath and just float in the water and as they filmed her, so funny. Yeah, it, it works. I think it's really uncanny. Yeah. Like you know, it's not it's not a great effect, but it's that's uncanny. You know, she's uh, there's just the gravity's gone and she's just floating. It's you know, um, it it does it does send me a bit though the way she's just like there, <laughs> like floating in space. But um, I also didn't think she was. I always forget that she was only twenty. Because no offense, the act, the actress was obviously older than twenty. Sorry, like. Mm. And also, yeah, I watched it when I was nine. Yeah. So she seemed like she was like in her thirties. So just looked it up, guys. She was the actress was twenty three. Um, still though, I, I did think she was a bit older. Not, mm. That's not any comment on how she looks. She just came off a bit older. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Don't read into it too much. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, she's so young, and you can just see Ida's face and how she's just like she was twenty. How has this happened? And everyone's just complete bemusement. Like, how has that happened? I'll be honest, I do think they could have reacted a bit more like, like but how did she do that? How did that happen? I don't understand. What? Mm. What's going on? It's just very sad, isn't it? Let's forget that, um, yeah, before uh, before she gets sucked out of that thing, um, the door voice doesn't say doesn't say the usual he is awake. Uh, it says he bathes in the black sun. Oof. How? Sorry, uh. like, right. Okay. How is this broadcast? Um... I know, like, like, I know. No, like, I'm not kidding. Um, cause I don't really have any memory of watching this as a kid, probably because I was not watching half of it out of fear. Um, yeah, because like I watched, so I watched, I watched the Waters of Mars recently. Yes, I watched Confidential Waters of Mars. There's like big discussions on there about yeah, there is. whether or not yes. the creatures should look how how far they can take it, how scary they look, do they look too scary? And I'm like going, yeah, it's a creepy design, but like. Fucking, there's there's a whole there's a devil in this episode. What the hell are you talking about? Like, this episode is so terrifying. Like, I still get creeped out by it. I'm not saying it shouldn't have been broadcast. I think it's good that it was. I'm just surprised that it did get broadcast. Do you know what? There are a certain few episodes that I still can't watch on my own. Like, I mean, I can watch on my own. But if there's someone in the house, I know there's someone in the house. That's fine. I just can't be on my own. Own. Do you know what I mean? Like this this two parter is one of them. Uh, Blink is one of them for sure. Uh, Midnight is another one. Waters of Mars is another one. Like they, I can't. I, it's terrifying. Like also, it's like back in the day. Well, that two thousand and six was that long ago, but like you know, religion talking about 
talking about religion on mainstream television and critiquing religion is a big was a big deal. It still is a big deal, but was a big big deal back then. Um, and it has a lot of really really interesting things to say. Again, we'll talk more about that in part two because I have a lot to say about that. But it's it's baffling to me how this was able to be broadcast. I'm glad it was, of course. Um, but yeah, geez, wow. It's like uh, the devil's the only thing I'm truly actually scared of because I'm not religious on any level. Um, I don't believe in the devil, but the concept of sort of this thing that is just inherently cruel and evil and could also be all things at all times and knows everything about you and knows everything about everyone. It's sort of all knowing and also just enacts horrible things through like yeah. subtly scary means. I just find it, I just don't, I don't vibe with that shit. <laughs> yeah i mean i'm personally this will come up again i keep saying in part two but it, it, we don't want to address everything now but like i am agnostic personally i'm very like in the middle i'm very like i don't know what i believe i believe there's something going on i don't know what that is but i don't believe in most religious stuff as a concept and as whatever it is respect everyone who does obviously you do you but um the idea that scares me to my very core is the innate idea of like the entity a really evil entity that is just there and present and judging your every move and is always there and do you know what i mean and like i think the fact that it's targeted this specific person it's just terrifying it's terrifying i don't know it, it, you know it's the voice in the dark it's that corner of your brain that's speaking to you but you don't know it just questions every level of your being. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and I'm, again, I'm, I, I don't think I bring myself across very well on this podcast, to be honest, half the time. But do you know what I mean? Like, it's very. I mean, it's what the, it's it's what the beast. What the beast says. These are the words of the beast. He is woken. He is the heart that beats in the darkness. He is the blood that will never cease. Exactly. My point's precisely. He is the heart that beats in the darkness. He is the blood that will never cease. Something I also really enjoy. Some people don't enjoy this as much. I do. I love high stakes. Mm. That's who I am as a person. Okay. I love when the doctor and the companion are split up. I live for that shit. I love it so much. Like that's why. Like I know this episode, this two part gets a really bad rap. But like under the lake and um, what's it in series nine? Is it under the lake and is it after the flood? Before the flood? Yeah, something like that. I don't think it's perfect, but I love that. Clara and 12 were separated I think it really raised the stakes and it was really interesting and then we got that parallel moment between like you know Martha and 10 are separated and then Clara and 12 are separated because of the water and stuff yeah I love that stuff so much because it's like you get to see these characters independently from each other and it really opens up a lot of different conversations we'll say when 10 goes down with Ida and Rose kisses his helmet his spacesuit helmet it did things to me. And still does. It's it's like, if you ever need a... Well, I mean, it's also explicit in episode two as well, but if you ever need a, a confirmation of the fact that they love each other. There you go. There you go. Rose kissing Ten's helmet. <laughs> Ugh, anyway. Um, <laughs> get your mind out of the bloody gutter. But she kissed Ten Two's helmet quite a lot. <laughs> Disgusting. Also, this is precisely why every episode of this podcast is not suitable for children. It's R-rated. Every episode is R-rated. <laughs> but yeah, I think I love how Rose is on the com, and Zach's like, can you get off the com, Rose? She's like, no chance. Yeah, haven't no. 
How about mm, nai? Uh, nar, nar. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, and obviously they get stuck, and then they drop, and they're stuck down there, and it's like they're stuck down there, and you're like, yes. Obviously, you're not like yes because I'm unhinged. But when they said they're stuck down there, I was like, yeah, you are. You're stuck with yeah. no chance of escape. Love it. <laughs> um, I just want to bring up. I think the entire setting of this episode is absolutely brilliant. Like the base and the planet surface; those two locations, mm. amazing, and so well realized as well. That base design is beautiful. I love the tunnels. I remember on uh, was it Totally Doctor Who? I think it was called like that kids show on CBBC. It was like um, they would get actors on, and like kids would do like Doctor Who challenges and stuff. Apparently, one of the um, entrances to a Doctor Who exhibit was one of the corridors from this. It was. Was that the one I went to? I'm. I can't remember its name. I just read that. No, but like I'm actually having a memory. I think of walking through one. Which I would not have been able to do. No, I think I did. I think there was an... Again, I mentioned before, Earl's Court in London, the Doctor Who exhibition back in the day. I think that's when I walked through it. I'd have been like, "Mm -mm, I'm not walking through there. Someone's going to go... I ain't going down there, bitch. Yeah, not fun. But yeah, like... Really sorry if your name's Toby, by the way. Yeah, sorry, Toby, whoever you are. Um, But yeah, I love the planet's surface. Obviously, they filmed in a quarry, I think. And then, like, in post, they added those kind of the background scenery and stuff. But like even like the pit where the in the planet, like the whole amazing. Like you could tell I got the sense that they were on their own truly and they were on this planet and it was so it just mysterious and just yeah, I really like that. Yeah. And it's it's good it's good having two parallel stories running as well. You got the doctor and I yes. trapped down there and everything's happening up at the base. Mm-hmm. Yes. Something I always find really scary. Yes. Um, is the Ood's telepathic field. Oh my god, basic zero to basic one hundred. Oh, me. <laughs> when it when it reaches when you see it counting up it's weird anyway, when you see it reach basic thirty and you know, doctors like they're they're at basic thirty, you know, what does that mean? It's like, well it, it, they're screaming. In their heads, like, yeah. And just that idea that you, you you can't hear it, and they're just sat there looking blankly, not doing anything, but there's this thing screaming inside their minds. Is it's terrifying, Ugh, icky, and like poor Ood. Am I right? Yeah, they do get a bad rap. Like I, I, feel I think so bad that, for him. I think this episode deals with the Ood stuff in an interesting way, and I'm glad that they did the episode in series four to really like discuss yeah. it because the way the people on the base do treat the Ood is not good um, no it's not but I like that Rose stands up for them like when Scooby's like oh she's on that little friend of the Ood she's like yeah what if I am um, yeah exactly yeah and she tries to make sure they get paid and stuff but they really get into it properly in series four which I appreciate yeah and I'm really glad they do as well um, it's well you realise that the Ood later on obviously they have brains they're supposed to have little brains and their brains are enclosed in the spheres right? yeah I think so so they're controlled yeah Um, I mean enslaving an entire race even if they've asked for it in quotation marks is still a big fact no so Danny shut up and Scooty shut up I've had enough stop it I do like as well though when they're doing the telepathic field and uh, 
Danny says to Rose, like, yeah, but what did, what did it say? What did that message say? Your new communicator. She goes, he is awake. And then that entire field of Ood go, and you will worship him. Oh. And then, and then Ten has to try it for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, leans really moodily against the railing and then goes, he is awake, just so they can all go, and you will worship him again. <laughs> Ten, there is actual devil happening right now. Stop enjoying this. Actual devil Satanism going on. What the fuck? Um, he's like got his legs crossed behind each other as he like stretches his arms out across the railing. He's like, go on, do it again. <laughs> do it again. Um, but yeah, I think the whole I, the idea, the concept, and the execution... It is. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's like I, I always don't have any notes on like the ending because it's such a good montage of things happening. Do you know what I think? It, this may be quite a short episode, but I do feel like a lot of the wrap up is going to touch on the other stuff that we want to talk about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I want to talk about the ending, but like, it's it's it makes up a bulk of my. Yeah, favorite yeah. moments, etc. <laughs> so, okay. So, before we get into the wrap up, Elliot, what would you rate this episode out of five? Because we rate out of five, don't we? Uh, five, easy. I give it a four. I think, um, without wishing to spoil next week, but it's the stronger of the two parts for me. Fair. I had to, I had to scrape to find one thing that I could bitch about. <laughs> I uh, I think the opposite. I think next week potentially maybe stronger, but you have to wait and see. Again, I tell you, it's it's the Alien, Aliens, Terminator, Terminator Two. So Aliens, my favorite film out of Aliens, and Alien, and Terminator is my favorite film out of Terminator and Terminator Two. Lots of people don't agree with that, but those films work better for me. And it's the same with see, this, I, 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 I love Terminator Two so much. That's my favorite one. Juliet Man, or whatever it is he says. It's because of Sarah, the whole Sarah Connor thing. I love it. It's perfect. First one's best one, though. Anyway. <clears throat> uh, you're wrong. Anyway, um, so you gave it a five. I gave it a four. So, what was your standout moment? Um, so standout moment is is literally. I know it's a bit of a cop out, but it's the ending. Yeah. Sort of like when everything is frantically coming together. Um, I just love it. Uh, specifically, yeah. I really, really love the final pan up. Yeah, it's so good from the POV inside the pit when it's open. The the lights inside their helmets making like Ten and Ida look like they're just skulls inside that thing with that final those final words from the beast. As you get that like little pan up from inside the pit, it's so good. I mean, girl, the costume design for the suits iconic. There's a reason why they keep bringing those back. Yeah, and I mean, also, we both have the figure. We do, we do. And I have Toby. And I have Toby too. And I recently got you the uh, capsule, didn't I? Yes, and I have a complete set of the Battles in Time trading cards from this as well. What's your standout moment? This is going to sound strange. I guess I've got two. My first one is the scene with Toby at the desk because it actually terrifies me. I mean, yeah, fair enough. So yeah, my two stand-up moments, I'd say Toby at his desk. That always that image always stays in my mind. And then the second one being when Rose is kind of relating to the Ood. I don't know why that whole bit where like Rose is like, Do you actually want to be enslaved? And they're like, you know, that uh, we, we, there is nothing else in life. And then Rose is like, Yeah, I used to think like that a long time ago. I was like, Oh, that got me. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice moment. Yeah. 
didn't work for you in this episode? Okay, I've got only one moment that didn't work for me because, like, plot-wise and everything else, it all kind of really comes together. I had yeah, to yeah, a yeah. moment that I always go, mm. it's actually right at the start when the Ood start attacking. Rose picks up a stool and Ten just takes, like, his sonic screwdriver out of his pocket. I'm like, what? What are you going to do with that? It's not a weapon. It's not a gun. Yeah. going to do lock some doors. Build a cabinet. What are you doing? What are you doing, Ten? <laughs> it does feel a bit like, I don't know, it feels a bit too action hero-y for me. Yeah, it's, it's a bit a like, calm down. Yeah. 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 But, like, it's it's silly. I can overlook it. It's fine. Yeah. How about you? Mine is quite, uh, it's one that really does bother me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I think Rose would be a lot sadder about not seeing Jackie again. I do believe that. Like, I think there would be tears. There would be a moment. A bit of like, and then she'd get over it eventually. But like, I do think she would be a lot sadder about that. Yeah. And the fact that she wasn't, and she kind of just was like, oh, okay. Like, no, that's, I don't believe that. I see. So what was your most doctory moment? Oh, it's, um, it's, uh, human beings, you are amazing. Amazing. Um, I love that. Oh, asking Zach permission to give him a hug, as you should do. Um, I like Zach's wry smile after he gets hugged, where he just sort of is like, he's got like a cheeky little grin on his face. He goes, yeah, not at all. Snap. Snap. It's Same iconic. thing for me. That whole speech. It's just, you know. But also, we love a man who is uh, not uh, affected by his you know, in a dialogue and can actually, you know, have a hug with another guy and it not be weird. It's like, yeah, look, look at that. Look how normal that is. Just, it's, just stand there a minute because I'm going to... I'm going to hug, hug you. you. And he's like, can I? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess. I love yeah, it. it's just like, you are amazing. Of course, you're also totally mad. Agreed. Yes. Snap, snap, snap. So what's your favourite quote? Ooh, it is... Heavy, heavy hitter. Mm. Right towards the end. Because mm. there's a couple. You know, I do think the, like, um, a, a line delivery, I will say, that's underrated is when they're asking about what the lettering means and Toby's got his hands between his heads and there's that voice where it's like, I think, half the beast and half just Toby speaking voice kind of layered together, which kind of goes, I know what it means. Weird. Um, but for me, it's definitely, definitely Mr. Jefferson, tell me, sir. Your wife. Did she ever forgive you? So I don't know what you mean. Let me tell you a secret. She didn't. Oh. I want to I wanna know. It's just, oh. It's, I want to know, Jefferson. About it. It's horrible. Yeah. I want to know, bestie. Like, yeah. I, I, there's something so horrible about that. It's like the cruelest line in the whole episode. And let me tell you, obviously, the whole episode's filled with so many amazing lines. But that just scares me. Yeah, no, it is. That is terrifying. What's your favourite line? Well, you know, I could go for something quite meaningful and really deep because, you know, the dialogue in these <laughs> two episodes are fantastic. Yeah, it's the way that Billy Piper says, the bitter pill. I like that. So I don't actually remember this. We'll go and watch the episode again because she says it and it's great. Yeah, like I don't, I have no memory of her saying that. The bitter pill. I like that. <laughs> I like Rose's Rose is on an interesting one this episode. I like that she's got vim. Like she's got vim. They're all full of beans. Full of um, beans. 
when they're standing around trying to discuss things and like you find out that she has just got a cup of refreshment off the ute. It's just very funny. I don't know. I like that she's just like, oh yeah, thanks. She's like bought a cup of tea over. I'm like, Rose, now is not the time. Literally. <laughs> it's not the time to be ordering slaves around. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> so that leaves us with the wrap up. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you want to know what we think about the Satan Pit. Same time next week. So, as ever, that brings the curtains down on another wonderful episode of the Come Along Pond podcast. I hope you had fun. We certainly did. So, I've just got some things I want to wrap up with you. If you want to support the show, well, I have a multitude of options for you. You can support us on Patreon, like Lewis, like Transcall Aubrey, like River, like Bulldozer7113, like Jason, like Rebecca Johnson-Smith, and like Abby Potts. You could donate £3 a month. That is our companion tier. It's the only tier we have. And you just get to chuck us a bit of money and get a shout-out on the show. If you don't have any money to throw around in this bloody economy, that's not a problem. You can just get in touch with us. You can send us comments, questions, queries, come along pod, pod at gmail.com. If you want to be as cool as Emily, May and Aaron, you can get in touch with us there. We'll try and read it out, but again, no promises. Same with the Instagram. If you want updates, you want to try and send us a message, you want to tell us what you thought about the latest episode of Doctor Who when it comes around those 60th anniversary specials, boy howdy, that is the place to get in touch with us. That is Come Along Pond Podcast. We will see you over there. You also can get in touch with us on TikTok and follow us for lots of fun video clips and little stories and all sorts of things that we do over there. That is also Come Along Pond Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Come Along Pond DW, but... We only post there once weekly, just let you know when episodes are going live. However, if you tag us in something, tweet at us, we might reply. Again, no guarantees. And with that, I just want to say a big thank you for listening. Thank you so much, everyone, as always. And thank you, Dama, as always. Thank you, Bestie. Love you. Thank you, love you too. And I give you air from my lungs. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. The pit is open and I am free. (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.